Hi, we're Teen TV, a podcast for TV addicts. I'm Price. And I'm Elizabeth. Today we're discussing The Bold Type Season 1, Episode 2, Oh Hell No. So, Price, <laughs> what tea are you drinking this time? Uh, I am drinking Tazo's Passion Tea. Herbal tea, and it definitely tastes like a flower. Yeah. I was inspired. I was inspired by your pink tea from last episode. My hibiscus tea. Yeah, no, it says uh, an exuberant herbal infusion of hibiscus, orange peel, rose hips, and passion fruit flavors. That sounds so, really good, actually. It is really good. Yeah. What tea are you drinking? Well, so I was at a concert this weekend. And I have another one coming up, so my voice is a little sore. So I'm <laughs> drinking some Earl Grey with a, a hint of honey in it. Oh, that sounds nice. It's and the best. Like a perfect fall tea to drink and oh, yeah. perfect like post-ACL throat soreness Absolutely. tea to drink. <laughs> I drink this all the time in the winter when I'm feeling just like cold and awful. Not that it gets really cold in Austin, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, hi, everyone. Uh, we're back. And guess what? Uh, the bull type got renewed. Yeah, we just found out this past week. We're so freaking excited because they yeah. left it off at, like, so many loose uh, ends. Yes. And I... And, I've been like religiously checking to see if it was going to get renewed ever since I finished watching it because I was so worried it was not going to get renewed. She and... was texting me like once a day, like, I don't know. They haven't reviewed it yet. I don't know what we're going to do if they don't review it. And I was like, Price, <laughs> it takes some time. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I was so worried. I was so worried. But it got <laughs> renewed not only for one more season, but for two more seasons. I know. So. Like, that's so cool. And it's, it's like, it makes my heart happy. Yes, it makes my heart happy so much. I am very excited to see what happens next. I'm so glad that we're going to be able to keep doing this. Yes, for sure. For sure. Okay, so we kind of just wanted to go uh, through each character and talk about what they've been up to and... Uh, what we think about it and everything. So we're gonna start with uh, cat. Cat, 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 So do you wanna take it, Elizabeth? Yeah, What's up I'll with talk cat about this episode? cat this episode. Um, this episode doesn't really focus on cat, but it does have a few key points. Uh, she's mm -hmm. mostly just helping Jane out in her own journey and having a little exploration of her own because she thinks that she has a crush on Adina um, and then at the end we have this terrible wonderful scene where we see that Adina has a girlfriend and it's just like it breaks your heart yeah so definitely the focus of this episode for Kat is her relationship with Adina and I like, we didn't really talk about it a whole lot in the last episode, but I love this pairing so much. I think they are so, like, cute and just beautiful together. Like, they're just both beautiful people. So right off the bat, looks great. But then the thing that I love the most about it is they're two women of color in a relationship. Like, you don't see this outside of, like, a dramatic indie film. No, and, and I think that we've definitely... It's definitely been happening more often, and it's very mm -hmm. cool. But I also love that when we did the watch-through, you immediately, like, hooked onto them. You loved it. You thought it was great. And I hated it. I thought it was forced. I thought yeah. they were pushing it. I thought that they were just doing it for, like, the gimmick and everything. Yeah. But now that I've watched the whole season and I've seen <laughs> their journey, like, I actually really love it. And it, yeah. it actually hits me in a really special way. Yeah. I just, I love their pairing for the representation that they have. But I also... Just how it's framed. Lesbian relationships up until recently have kind of only been explored in these dramatic, like, small indie films. Yeah, um, or it's not been like a, a coming joke. of age thing, like, oh, maybe I'm a lesbian, but maybe not thing. Yeah, and yeah. And this, this feels more real and like an actual relationship. Well, like how I view it, it's set up as kind of the romantic lead 
of yeah. this of the show and of the season because at this point you know Sutton is dating Richard and that's an established relationship Jane's focus isn't on romance at all like Kat and Adina are the ones that have the meet cute who have this like <laughs> initial crush and questioning about whether they like each other and like this initial falling in love like they're set up as the rom-com couple no you're right because the entire you- season cats she they, they focus on a lot of things with cat but mm-hmm. her main arc is adina and her that whole journey so i totally yeah. agree with you yeah you don't you don't see a two women of color lesbian relationship one of whom is a muslim as the romantic comedy lead in a bubblegum pink tv show no so you definitely that do right- not that right off the bat makes me love this pairing and very excited to see what comes of it. And so, yeah, this episode for Kat is just mainly her questioning whether she is straight or not. There's <laughs> like... this great quote that I really like from this episode after the Yoni Egg um, where Kat's like, I'm hetero. I'm totally hetero. I'm hetero, right? And it, it's, yeah. uh, it, I, so I had a meta moment um, when we, wanted to talk about this episode and I actually had to call price because this episode deals a lot with sex and we're both very sexual creatures, but I don't know if we've ever really put it out in the public space. No, we actually, we had, I mean, yeah, she called me up and we had to have the talk about how much we wanted to share. Yeah. Like in, in this episode and in future episodes. And I was actually still on the fence about it until I had my rewatch um, right before we talked about the agenda. And um, there's a quote that I actually had to sit on the floor because it was so perfect. Um, (laughs) Jane is talking to Jacqueline about if she can publish her article anonymously. And Jacqueline says, no, um, we want our readers to know that we're real women having real problems. And that's why you have to put your name behind something that you write or talk about or believe in. And it felt like she was speaking to me. So (laughs) it was was very timely. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're going to talk a lot about sex and our own sexual identity and stuff. And so that being said, like the reason that I love cats things so much is because I've actually had my own sexual identity crisis where I thought I was hetero, and now I skew a little bit more towards the middle. Um, and that was something that was really, really difficult to grasp mm-hmm. onto. Like, I, I really touched that moment where she goes, I'm hetero. I'm totally hetero. I'm hetero, right? Because I feel like I've said that to my friends and, like, to people about my own yeah. sexual identity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never had a sexual identity crisis, but I've, you know, read lots of articles from people who have and from you and that it kind of adds credence um, (laughs) to the whole sexuality is on a spectrum. You know, it's not it's not black and white. It's like it's definitely a spectrum. Yeah, there's all sort of percentages. I had a couple of friends who said that they're talking about this, whether like sexuality is fluid or not. And and she said, well, I think everyone like, yeah, definitely is fluid because everyone like would want to have sex with Beyonce. And the friend was like, well, that's like Beyonce. She doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) No, she (laughs) totally counts. Like if you want to have sex with Beyonce, that's like at least a few percentage points there. (laughs) I mean, so Yeah. yeah. But it's very like I also loved Kat's sexual identity crisis story. Like, yeah, she's confused and it's causing a lot of doubts, but she's not scared to explore it. I think like, she's, she's I think a, she's a scared, little... but she's showing it in a different way. She doesn't Maybe. show it like very outwardly, but like, you know, when she and Sutton are talking and Sutton immediately like dismisses it then that hurts Kat, like, visibly. Well, I guess what I meant by that was that she's not scared to talk about it with her girlfriends. Like, being very very upfront and being very, like, yeah, so I had a sex dream about Adina. <laughs> 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 it's like, ooh, let's talk about this. Yeah. And, like, we're going to have sure. to unpack this. And, like, and, and that's just so refreshing to see with, like, because every, you know, other lesbian or coming out stories on TV is just this very dramatic, almost traumatic process, which is true. Like, that's, that's that happens, but it's kind of... It's really, really hard to take something that you've 
defined yourself as with a term mm -hmm. and to say, wait, maybe that's wrong. Like that's very, yeah. very difficult for people to do for sure. Yeah. Um, so with Kat's synopsis story, or she thinks she has a crush on Dina and is trying to get a hold of her. And then Adina finally like comes into the office. Kat tries to shake Adina's hand and Adina's like, Psh, what is this? And gives her a hug and Kat is just smiling and is just so flustered. I, know. And I love how they show like in awe Kat is about Adina. Mm -hmm. Like when I rewatched yeah. it and I saw that moment, I was like, wait, no, this is real. Like they're it's totally really, smitten. They're so smitten. It's so adorable. So Adina has this art show and Kat goes to it with the intention of talking to her and seeing, you know, kind of telling her that she has, that she likes her but then she right before she's about to go and talk to her we see that Adina has a girlfriend yeah so. and this was actually the scene that I wanted to talk about because this is something that I noticed they do throughout the show and it's some of their best scenes um it's a scene completely without dialogue and so all you're seeing is body language and they've got this beautiful perfect track on top of it once again, the music on this show is amazing. Oh my god, so good. Um, but it, you just, like, you feel how Kat feels when you see Coco for the first time go up and give Adina a kiss. And I love how they can portray that without dialogue because it feels real and cool. And mm -hmm. I think the reason I like it so much is because they let you have your own interpretation. Like, yeah. without the dialogue and stuff. But that was... Ah, uh, they do that so well. And there's, like, two they or do. three episodes, or there's two or three scenes with, like, very minimal talking throughout the season. So I'll point them out. But this was, like, the first one, I think, that was just really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of ends, like, with us knowing that Adina has a girlfriend, which is a bummer. But she and Kat do talk at the very end. And so there's... It's not over yet. <laughs> no, there's definitely there's definitely growth for sure. Definitely, um, yeah. Yeah. But I think that's all we wanted to say about Kat. She's just yeah. she's this cute little rom-com thing and it's growing mm -hmm. and it's great. Um, but we're going to move on to Sutton. 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 Brady. So Price, what is Sutton up to this episode? Oh, Sutton is up to so much this episode. So she has been at Lauren's assistant for about three years now and is kind of feeling stuck and wants to take a step in growing her career. So then Sutton gets an informational interview with Richard, which is awkward. And hilarious. But, and hilarious, yes. But it was really cool because we got um, kind of her backstory. They struggled financially. So when she went to college, she went to Penn State so she could live at home to save money. She majored in business because it was practical because she had to make money as soon as she got out of college. But unfortunately, she wasn't able to find a full-time job because of the economy. Ended up temping, and then that's how she wound up at Scarlet. Sutton's main storyline this episode is uh, applying for this job and whether she wants it or not. On, right. And her whole dilemma is, and then she eventually interviews and gets the job, and then it's whether she's going to take it or not because it's this real conflict between doing something like getting a good job with good money that's practical or following your dreams. Yeah, it's another yeah. bubblegum pink fantasy thing of, hey, mm -hmm. I have this real job that, you know, would be great for me. But what if it doesn't work out? What if I don't like it? What if I'm just doing it for the money? Which is a very real problem that a lot of people yeah. face um, versus doing something that she loves and she would love to do but it might not work out in the end and it might not be practical um financially yeah. yeah and that's just it's i yeah so she wants to do fashion like that's her mm -hmm. that's her dream but she you know says there's no money in it unless you make it and i can't afford to fail so right. she like and, and whenever she whenever she's like going for this job, like I'm genuinely excited for her. Like I was watching this and I was like, you know what? Like it could be a good decision to take that job and go down that path of like business, even though you don't love it. Like I could see her satisfied with being comfortable with having enough money with and pursuing interests on the side. And it's just, 
I mean, yes, eventually she does choose to not take that job and then to pursue, you know, her dream of fashion, which is very, I mean, you wouldn't have a show unless she did that. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, well, I I feel like with this kind of show, you're always going to have fashion because the people Mm -hmm. interested are interested in fashion. And so it's cool to have someone who's doing fashion in the show because then you can show off more fashion. And I... I still think that they did it really well, though. Um, yeah. I yeah. I loved the scene with the champagne and toasting mm-hmm. to crazy dreams because it's so hard to make yeah. that choice and to take that step because I feel like we're both very practical people who yeah. like, know what we're doing and we tend to be safer, but it, mm-hmm. it's, it's always it's... so great to say, no, I'm awesome. Let me try this crazy dream because I think I could do it. It's very, it is, it's so fun and awesome to see Sutton be brave and yes. to yeah. take a chance. And I, uh, I feel like this episode really shows the start of her arc. Like we, mm-hmm. th- you know, we touched on her humor in a lot last episode, yeah. but this episode, it really shows how nervous she is and how unsure of herself she is. And by not giving away too many spoilers, but there's a great scene in episode five that just shows how far yeah. she's come. Yeah. yeah. Like her, she tells the story to Richard about how she keeps a hundred dollar bill in an envelope in her purse and she keeps it with her at all times because that's her plan B. That's enough to buy a ticket so that she goes home in case her life kind of her life and career kind of crumble around her. And I think that's just so like very dramatic. Yes. But that I think highlights Sutton's character and backstory and like what her struggle is career wise. And I also loved whenever she tells Kat and Jane that she's going for this interview, Kat kind of, like reacts neg- negatively and says, "Oh, ad sales? Oh, that's so boring." And right. kind of and, and brushes they... it off. And Sutton says, "Um, yeah, so that's easy. That's super easy for you to say because we, you know, have found found out that like Cat never really like she has rich parents, so she has never really had to worry about money or she can follow her dreams. She can do like she has no." It's she an easier choice for Kat to follow mm-hmm. her dreams because she has a safety net. Yeah, and how she doesn't exactly understand where Sutton is coming from. But yeah, she addresses that, and they make up, and it's like a very good discussion between a, between the two of them whenever they make up. And yeah. We um, also we glossed over it a little bit, but I just want to go back to Richard really quick and how mm-hmm. he handles talking to Sutton and listening to that $100 bill story. I know that you have more to say about it, but I just thought it was so cool to see a guy who's successful in his job just be totally behind his girlfriend and Mm -hmm. her career choices. Um, Coming from someone with like a high powered job, it's so cool to see that because you don't see that a lot. And it's it's surprisingly hard to find that in a dude, not going (laughs) to lie. Um, So that really touched me. Like I... I think that was the moment that I questioned um, because my first impression of Sutton and Richard was, no, this is a bad idea. Don't do this. Um, He's kind of like your boss, like, stop it. Um, But then when he did that, I was just like, wait, this is really supportive of him. That is Mm -hmm. super cool. Yeah. My thoughts are exactly the same. My very first impression was just kind of like, Oh, okay, he's sexy, he's nice, he doesn't seem like a total a-hole, but this is still a terrible, terrible idea. But it was the first time I was kind of like, huh, maybe there's more to that, and maybe there's more to him than being sexy, like, eye candy. Like, he, <laughs> he's being really supportive right here with her, very supportive, and, like, wants Sutton to succeed, and it's, yeah, it's really cool to see. But, yeah, this was kind of the... um I thought like Sutton's potential new job being practical versus realistic is like the real life issue I kind of got from this episode versus I think um, like Adina's art gallery. That's very (laughs) ritzy and fancy and that bubblegum pink. uh, Definitely because when they're at Adina's art gallery, Sutton hears that she got the job. And so she has to, 
figure out what she wants to do. And it's definitely our bubblegum pink episode um, theme thing. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to move on to the main event, which is Jane's sexual journey? Jane, 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 Jane Sloan. So Jane's storyline is kind of the main storyline of the episode where she has to write a uh, best orgasm piece for the Scarlet's sex column. And we discover because Jane has never had an orgasm before. So her whole storyline is trying to have an orgasm and then write about it. So yeah, that's she, the quick and dirty about it. Um, it's yeah. this whole journey and they deal with it in such a cool way. Um, yeah. So I felt that I, I could call it right away from whenever she looked nervous in the fashion closet um, that she had never had an orgasm from the first yeah. time I saw it. I felt that it was very cliche that I'd heard of this before. Well, I think it's more this idea that this type of character, this mm. uptight, type a, a type a uptight woman, like can't relax and have an orgasm. Trope. At the same time, I really, really enjoyed how they dealt with it. Um, I thought mm-hmm. it was so cool that they gave practical advice that immediately um, Sutton and Kat say, okay, let's go talk to your doctor to make sure that there's nothing physically wrong. And when they find out that there isn't, they go to a sexologist, which is actually a super fantastic idea. Um, <laughs> and the whole scene with the sex- sexologist was just really cool. Uh, she operates yeah. outside of her home. It's very comfortable and calming and relaxing. And she actually gives really good advice. She wants Jane to find a fantasy, to find her inner freak, to step outside of her comfort zone a little bit. Like- and they show my, how it works. Like, it's actually really, really good advice. Yeah, so the sexologist's office scene is one of the better ones of this episode. And I re- and I love how it um, demonstrates Kat and Jane's personality. Because Jane's going and Kat goes with her for uh, support. And Jane is just, like, super nervous, super, like, tense and anxious. And Kat is just totally excited to be there. And right. is, like, and the sexologist tells Jane, like, so I'm going to give you, like, some physical exercises and some, like, assignments. And Kat's like, I'm into this. And Jane says, of course you are. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I feel like, like that moment actually but, really resonated with us. Like, I feel yep. definitely, definitely that I would have Kat's reaction if we and ever I went probably, to a sexologist. And I would probably have Jane. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it was very funny and it very much highlighted Jane and Kat's relationship and personality, and it was hilarious. Speaking and... of which, um, this is actually something that's really important to us as friends. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our first real conversations um, was about sex, and it was about just talking about some issues that we had going on. Um, do you want to give like a quick synopsis? Yeah, I had some like stuff that was going like sex stuff that was going on, like because I don't want to go too much into details because I'm Jane, but um, but I like desperately wanted someone to talk to about it, and I was kind of drawing a blank, like I. You know, I had a lot of girlfriends, but I never broached the subject of sex with any of them. And there and there are a few that I knew I couldn't talk to about it, that they would like get weird or like. But I kind of knew Elizabeth would maybe like I had a feeling Elizabeth would be up for talking about this. And, and so... at that point, I, I was basically an open book. I talked about <laughs> I talked about stuff a lot with my best friend in high school. And so I got really comfortable with it. And I actually felt like we should talk more about this with our girlfriends yeah. because we we're not talking it. about it. And everyone is scared and there's a lot of misinformation. So I'm an open book. Like if anyone asks me a question, I, I'll tell them because that's just me. And so go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, stuff was on my mind a whole lot. And I was like, it was kind of towards the end of our evening of like mo- dinner and a movie. And I was dropping Elizabeth off. And then I think it like the, like she's about to leave the car. And I'm like, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Can we talk about sex, please? <laughs> and I, I immediately turned and I was like, yes, let's talk about sex. That's great. And, and we ended we up pers- sitting in her car in front of my dorm for like 
two hours, right? Yeah, like talking about sex. Yeah, and And it it was it was so refreshing. It was so refreshing, and it was so freeing. Like I, you know, because I had had like this thing I wanted to talk to talk about with somebody, but I was I felt like I couldn't because it's not polite to talk about this kind of thing. It's taboo or you're not, I mean, or you're a slut or you're a prude or you, you yeah, were worried exactly. about getting judged. Yeah. There's so like, yeah, like you said, taboo. It was, it's such a taboo subject when it really shouldn't be, especially among your closest friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was so, I was so like pleased that she felt like she could open up to me that way. And like, that really solidified our relationship. It solidified our relationship and it really like opened the door for us being able to talk to each other about anything and everything. And like, that's just such a special relationship between women. And I love seeing it portrayed on television. You kind of see this like with like Sex in the City is a great example of girlfriends talking about sex. I mean, that's that's the show. But it's it's really nice to see mid 20 year old women talking about the same things in a way that, you know, they they can just be open with each other and not worry about being judged. And so that that really resonated with us this uh, episode, like Jane being able to you know, tell Kat and Sutton that she's never had an orgasm. And then like her friends being like, okay, great. Let's, let's fix this and try and be there for her and, you know, walk her through it and be able to like talk about those intimate details with your friends. It's it's so important. Yeah. It was just, it was such a cute, cool moment for us, I think. So Jane's, um, Romantic interest is introduced in this episode. Pinstripe. Pinstripe. Ryan. Ryan from Pinstripe? Ryan. Pinstripe guy. Ryan. Pinstripe guy. Pinstripe dude. Yeah, so what do we think about him? (laughs) Well, I guess our first impression is mainly mainly comedic because they meet when Jane is trying to talk to her doctor to rule out anything physical that's wrong with her, but she's in a crowded workspace and can't find a like place to talk in private. So she goes to the elevator and she's like in and out of service. And right as the elevator's door is opening, she yells a problem with my vagina and then (laughs) enter pinstripe guy, Ryan. Oh man. And he's, he's so cute. He's so, so cute. So so cute. cute. And so I really cute. liked this because it wasn't a meet cute. Like a lot of things are like, oh, I dropped my coffee. Thanks for getting me another one or something like that. It's a meet ugly. Like it's oh, a really, it's so... really bad situation. You oh, never want to be talking about your vag in front of a cute guy. That's just like yelling. You don't want to be yelling about your vag in front of a cute guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So he writes for this men's magazine. And the first instance we see of him is that he's written an article called How to Get Your Girlfriend to Fuck Like a Porn Star. Right. Which right off the bat kind of sounds very misogynistic and crude. And right. But, but can- later on, but later on, we find out that his articles, they have misogynistic titles, but the actual bulk of them is really, really good advice. And like, I, they never go into much detail about what this article is about, but I would assume, and I do assume, that it's something like, well, you need to pay attention to her or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, we don't, yeah, we don't get specifics about what he writes, but we get kind of, like, Alex especially points out a few times, he's like, well, you know, he's actually a pretty good writer. And then Ryan, and then whenever Jane is frustrated and Ryan's like flirting and teasing with her, she kind of snaps at him and is like, yeah, you're, you're a misogynistic jerk for writing that. And he kind of chuckles and he looks at her. He's like, you've never read any of my articles. Yeah. And those are the, those are the hints that we get. And that's like, and God, he's just so cute. Oh my gosh. He's so cute. Him and Jane are so cute together. I know. I really like it when they introduce a couple or a romantic interest and they don't get along immediately. I love that so much because I feel like it's very, it's very real. It's very realistic. Um, another moment with Ryan is right at the end. Um, They're at the art gallery, and Jane just decides to go for it, to grab life by the horns, and to, like, kiss him. 
those moments you feel like all you need in this world is eight seconds of pure confidence and great things will happen. I don't and remember what movie that is from, but <laughs> it's from a movie and it's a great quote. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've definitely done that before. Jane, that is, yeah, that is exactly what happens to Jane. She's like, I'm going to get my freak on and go kiss this guy. And I love it. She just walks up to him and she's like, hey, have you been flirting with me? And he's like, yeah. And then she just full on makes out with him at this art gallery. Yeah, and then walks dude. away and then writes a kick-ass article for the sex column. Yes. And ultimately decides to put her name on it. So. And I love that moment. Uh, I love that she puts her name on it. I love that yeah. everyone is just so impressed with her. And again, just her like putting herself out there saying, hey, this is me. I'm a real person. That's how it is. And I just, like, I love this, like, storyline for Jane because it really is showing her growth as a writer and in her career, you know? Like, we see, like, both both episodes, her being very, very unsure and nervous and, like, insecure about, you know, whether whether Jacqueline's going like to like, like the topics that she, like, the pitches that she, you know, gives her or, like, um... She, she even, whenever she's talking to Jacqueline about her article, she, you know, is like saying, oh, there's just like, you know, there's just a lot of pressure and I want to like, please, I, I want to live up to your expectations sexually. And then it's like foot in mouth syndrome. I love the- how awkward they show all of these characters because mm-hmm. I'm such an awkward person. <laughs> so it just makes me so happy. Um, yeah. Definitely with Jane with the article, though, um, I really appreciated when Jane was looking up these facts and figures because I'm the same way. I mean, I'm an engineer. Mm-hmm. I, I love facts and figures. They're, they're you know, my, my bread and water. <laughs> I love them you, so much. You really do. You're a bit of a nerd <laughs> like that. It's it's a problem, but I'd like to think it's a good problem. So <laughs> I actually went and I tried to find some of these uh, facts about orgasms and to find some kind of scientific backing behind them. And I could not find a single freaking like regular source. I found a lot of like kind of sources, but there was nothing that really stuck and like was set in stone and it just annoyed the crap out of me you're talking about like that that 10 percent uh statistic that jane mentions that women don't have orgasms yeah so i found all these articles actually the best article i found was from cosmopolitan um what about a this. surprise i know it was about uh something called like an orgasm deficit um and they go into the numbers and they say maybe it's 11 percent maybe it's 15 or 25 percent we don't know and then um there's the also also facts and figures on women who've never had an orgasm during intercourse and just intercourse alone. Um, and that's as high as 75% I found on some sites. Um, yeah, which wow. is crazy. Yeah, that is really high. Uh, I, I expected that. that that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I found these articles on uh, Cosmopolitan Psychology Today, Women's Day, um, stuff like that. Also, I just want to do a shout out real quick to Planned Parenthood because I fell down a rabbit hole on their learning. And I think I learned more in just that quick search than I ever learned in my sexual education in high school. They have so much. They have just a bit sad. (laughs) It's sad, but it's also great. Like they talk, they talk about sex and stuff, but they also talk about like what makes a good relationship, what makes a bad relationship, what consent is, how to talk to kids about sexual identity, which is just like the coolest thing. That is really cool. Like yeah, everyone should go read that stuff because that is very good stuff to know. (laughs) I'm definitely going to link it, and especially some of my favorite articles that I found because. Shout out to Planned Parenthood. You're awesome. Well, they also have you you also mentioned that they have really good things about sexual identity, which is a big like thing that happens this episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I was reading through it. They even go into like the whole chromosome debate and how we're not all XX and XY, how it's not exactly that thing. Wow. I know. I was, so, I was so impressed. <laughs> I was so, so impressed. So, like, good job, Planned Parenthood. You're the best. Um, yeah, so I will link, um, I w- you know, and I was trying to find trends. Back to the orgasm thing. I was trying to find trends in the data, but I couldn't because there's no data that really agrees. Um, and yeah. I was also trying to find, like, physical and mental reasons. So the... 
the Cosmopolitan article goes into this, and it's really good about that. Um, the Psychology Today article that we'll post also goes really into this. So please go read those. Um, I thought they were really good things. I was really annoyed that I couldn't find any sciencey articles and I had to stick with like magazine articles, but good job to the magazine articles for being as sciencey as they were. I was very impressed. Like, yeah, that resonated with me. Like maybe it's a type A thing. Maybe it's a, <laughs> I don't know exactly what it is, but I loved that they showed her insecurities and her hiding behind facts and mm -hmm. figures. Yeah. And by she originally wants to post her article anonymously. And that's why like, it's so technical and not personal at all. And then that's why Jacqueline asked her to be more personal and to have another go at it. And, um, and then she decides that she uh, will put her name to it. And so then that it like ends with this very dramatic J Jane gets too dramatic uh walks with music she does <laughs> yeah this, those are this episode yeah. well the first one when she walks away from ryan and then the second one after she's posted her article online with her name attached to it and like again the music that they pair with those moments is just so clutch it's so perfect i love it i love it i love this so show. i think we yeah so we also wanted to move on and just talk briefly about what jacqueline's up to this episode Jacqueline, 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 Jacqueline. Not a whole lot, but not a whole uh, lot. But she's mostly there, like as a support character. Um, there's a lot of moments where she's a really good mentor to Jane, especially. She doesn't really interact with Cat or Sutton that much, but it's yeah. mostly just Jane. Yeah, I yeah, I really liked how Jacqueline. Um, well, she first of all assigns Jane the sex column piece, and Jane says, "Well, I don't normally do this," and Jacqueline says, "That's why I'm making you do it." And that's such, I feel like that's such a good sign of a mentor, like being like knowing when to push your employees outside of their comfort zones. But then, and then she also, but not not to push too much. Like she, you know, pushes her to do this, but then she checks up on her later and is like. Hey, you look terrified. Are you okay? And then later, whenever she, Jane is trying to kind of hide behind these facts and figures in her article, like, then Jacqueline says, okay, you know what? Like, I'm going to break my rule and you, I'm going to let you post, I'm going to let you write this anonymously as long as you, you know, you make it really personal and good. And so I love that, like, I, I just, a testament to how, uh, great of a mentor Jacqueline is like Absolutely. knowing knowing Absolutely. when to knowing when to push her employees and then when to back off and when to give and like the fact that she knew that she would be able to get Jane's best work if she posts anonymously. Also, I really liked uh, a lot of things that uh, Jacqueline said. They just kind of stuck with me. So one of the things was, you know, you can't you can't do what Sage does. Very few people can. You have to find your own voice and your own thing that works for you. And I really liked that. And I also I keep going back and forth about this. Um, part of me wants to think that Jacqueline is really really smart and knew that if she got the real story out of Jane, Jane would want to put her name on it. But part of me also doesn't know if she was actually just, like, giving Jane some slack and just wanting the real story. So I like to think that it's the former <laughs> and that she knew that if she got, like, the actual heartfelt real story from Jane, then she would want to put her name on it. But I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm going to believe that it's the former. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once again, reestablishing that Jacqueline is an amazing mentor. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, Liz, what was your favorite moment from this episode? So, I couldn't pick just one moment. I I love both of the Yoni Egg moments. So, in The Sexologist, it's it's that 10-second period. Of course, I love the Yoni Egg moment. I'm me. I'm Kat. We've, we've covered this. Um, so, I, I love the 10 seconds where the sexologist pulls out the Yoni Egg, and you see Kat and Jane's reaction to it. Kat's eyes go wide because she wants to try it, and Jane is just horrified. Oh, it's, yeah, that whole scene with them is just, it's so them. The reactions are so good. I know. Yeah, And agreed. then later, when they're trying to get the Yoni egg out, 
There, um, oh, there's a few moments that I really like. It's, I love that um, Kat goes, you know, the, the female form is actually quite beautiful. <laughs> and Could then, you not narrate this? <laughs> and then Sutton, um, when she's trying to distract Jane, because this is something that I feel like I would say, she goes, hey, we're on a beach. We're drunk. <laughs> I love that so much. So Yoni eggs. Price, how do you feel about Yoni eggs? Uh, I don't. Oh my gosh. Like, I just can't get the idea of like sticking that up inside your Yoni. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for, yeah, just to recap for those who forgot what Yoni eggs were, like I did, um, there, Gwyneth Paltrow released on her blog, Goop, this article about Yoni eggs. And I think it was, I think this was like 2016 or something when this came out. Um, pretty much it's just this jade egg, which you stick up in your vagina to help with, uh, like, I, I don't even know, like, like it's orgasms. Supposed to, and yeah. yeah, you go, you take it. <laughs> <laughs> so she released it on her blog, uh, which first of all, is a really, really bad source of information. Um, yeah. Just straight up going to put that out there. No shame. The idea is that it strengthens your vaginal muscles. Uh, it's kind of, people call it like vaginal weightlifting, which first of all sounds really gross. Um, <laughs> second of all, like there is some research behind it, but this is not the correct way to do it. Yeah, whenever I was trying to look up yoni eggs, like most of the articles that I found were pretty much saying, yeah, don't use yoni eggs at all. <laughs> they, because the uh, the jade is porous and can cause infections and the muscles that you're supposed to be strengthening you can do without an egg in your vagina so yeah don't use yoni eggs <laughs> it's hilarious that the sexologist gave jane one well um, so i'd like to think okay so here here's my take on that and because you know the bold type is really good at spreading correct information so i'd like to think that when the sexologist goes no 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 it's okay you just have to use the right one she doesn't actually give her her a jade one she gives her like a surgical titanium steel one or something like that yeah see I wasn't able to find an article that was kind of like that halfway in between it was either like yes yoni eggs are the best you should definitely use them they're all like magical and like whatever or yeah don't use them at all they're terrible there was no like oh if you use the right one then it's okay like there was there I couldn't find an article that was like a middle ground of between those two camps of thought well so I think it's because yoni egg is like kleenex it's it's like a brand name um versus like a tissue which is like these strengthening things so like there's also something called benoit balls which a lot of people use um but the I've heard of those Yeah. yeah yeah so it's the same concept it's just like not an egg (laughs) Um, yeah so actually uh having a yoni egg stuck in your vagina was based on uh something that happened um not to joanna coles the previous editor-in-chief at cosmopolitan who this is based off of but uh someone she knew was trying out a sponge (laughs) for your vagina and actually got stuck there and so she there was this woman went into the bathroom and then several other women followed her into the bathroom to try and help her they were like in there for like 20 minutes trying to get it out so that scene where like Kat and uh Sutton are trying to get the yoni egg out of Jane was based on a true story god poor thing that oh uh, I know that, I that's, know oh no thank you I- Oh, I know. And she and they and we're well, I have an article and we'll link it to you. But the um, actresses actually talked about that scene, how she um, the actress who plays Jane was wearing Spanx. So the actress who played Kat was like reaching her hand under the Spanx trying to find the Yoni egg. And they did a few like funny outbreaks where she like pulled out like car keys or like a few other things. That's amazing. Oh, I love them even more. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely want to find the blooper where she pulls like car keys out of Jane's vagina. If even if anyone finds that, please send them my way. Yeah, or if we find it magically, we'll post it in the link below. <laughs> Additionally, um, we're gonna post. There was an OBGYN who actually did a review, kind of 
on uh, these yoni eggs, and it's her just basically tearing them apart, which I loved so much. Um, her main points were, like, you know, like we said, they're porous, and two, um, if you use them for the recommended times, you can actually, like, cause detriment to your vaginal muscles, which is not good, so don't do that. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, and like like we said, so Kegel exercises are great. Benoit balls mm-hmm. are great. You should do your research on them first, but you can do them without a yoni egg. Um, so please go do read her blog on it because I thought it was really eye-opening and it kind of tore Gwyneth open a new one, which was <laughs> a little amusing, not going to lie. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's that's all I know about yoni eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have a question for you, Price. Uh-huh. Would you take a yoni out of my yoni? Oh my gosh! You know, <laughs> you know what? I, I think I might. Really? I, think I, would. I would. I'm so it's touched. So, oh, that's, that's so sweet. sweet. I, I, I think I would. I might be wearing gloves, but that's <laughs> fair. I can respect so, that. So, um, would you remove a yoni egg from my yoni, Elizabeth? I would totally take a yoni if it was legitimately stuck and it was like a medical emergency. <laughs> I would absolutely take a yoni egg out of your yoni. So, what was your favorite moment from this episode? The very first scene. Um, so it's it's so great. The music is once again the music is awesome and is paired so nicely with this. Um, Kat and Sutton are helping out Jane, who needs to verify a new sex position for the next issue of Scarlet, and, and she thinks that she's getting hazed. Yeah, because they're looking. We don't actually see it. We just see them holding this piece of paper and arguing about whether it's physically possible or not. And um, Sutton's like, "No, no, I think it is possible." Okay, get up here. And they're at a conference room, and she like gets, "Help me, help you," and gets sitting <laughs> up on the couch and Cat to play the dude. And they're like in this like like twister type like like position awkward position try focusing on this yes and then, and then so Jacqueline walks in after they collapse because it's yeah. a very hard position to hold <laughs> and she's like oh cool so you're confirming the sex position this time and they're like yeah no it's it's not possible there's no way so Jacqueline takes the paper looks at it for a second then very seriously goes oh no this is absolutely possible and then walks away <laughs> like a motherfucking badass yeah, consider this approved. Staff <laughs> in 15 minutes and then walks out like a bamf. Yes. Yeah. So was... then the splash screen is <laughs> their three faces of that. It's just like, oh my God, who is this woman and how can I be her? Is just I, so lovely. I so think lovely. That, that is my favorite moment this episode and arguably for the whole season. Really? Like that, I think, well, I mean, all right. I, I don't know. Well, funniest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one definitely stuck with me throughout the season. I, I really liked this moment. Last point, we wanted to talk about our impressions of everyone again, just to give it like a good closer. Um, so what did you think about Jane this episode? So I guess my um, impression of Jane this episode and what I'm looking forward to for the rest of the for the future for her is just her continuing to, to develop and grow as a writer, um, be more confident and less insecure. And she also has this uh, potential romance with pinstripe guy. So that's gonna, definitely going to come up and something I'm looking forward to. For sure. You? Uh, no, I re- yeah, I really like that as Jane. I really like all the conversations that they had. I think it's cool how they're slowly getting Jane to open up as a person and as a writer. And yeah, I really, really enjoy her journey. Um, Let's see. With Kat, yeah, so her and Adina, they're just, like, sparkling this episode. They're in awe. They're smitten. It's all very cute, but there's no flame yet. So I'm, at at the end of this episode, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to them and how they both grow and, like, discover themselves, kind of. Yeah, same here. There's definitely, like, this is, we're definitely in the, like, flirty infatuated stage with Adina and Kat so I'm just yeah for Kat I'm mostly looking forward to that storyline um so for Sutton what do you think I love the start of Sutton's arc I love her journey I love them showing her growing professionally and becoming more confident I 
love her moment of champagne and taking crazy dreams. It's just, it's such a good kickoff to who Sutton is and who she's going to be. This was a fucking fantastic Sutton episode. I I agree. Like, yeah, definitely getting into growing her career and finding, like, pursuing her dream of working in fashion and her taking initiative after being stuck at, like, an assistant for three years and finally, like, finally starting on her career. And actually, it kind of, and also her and Richard piqued my interest more, like, like this episode. And yeah, kinda... we mentioned it before, but we really, mm-hmm. we really like how it shows them as a real couple and not just like a fling thing. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm curious, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them develop as well. Yeah. Um, so then, so, how well, did you feel about Jacqueline? And what are your impressions about her? Oh, just Jacqueline's just flawless as usual. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, just see, oh, I wanted to see her. Um, it was a very Jane, Jacqueline, mentor, mentee emphasis on this episode. And so I'll be, but I'm looking forward to seeing Jacqueline mentor Kat and Sutton as well. Yeah. And I really liked um, that it was interesting to see Jacqueline back off this episode. For the first episode, they really showed her headstrong, full force, like unstoppable being. And this episode, they showed her, you know, take a realistic step back, allow Jane some wiggle room. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your kind of like general impressions of the characters at this point? Yeah. So this is something I realized very, very recently um, is that with Sutton, she's very confident in her relationship. Like it seems like she's very secure in it, but she has a lot to grow professionally. Whereas Kat is very, very secure in her professional career, but she has a lot to grow in her romantic life. Um, And then with Jane, I can't make up my mind about how she is. I think she's just growing on all fronts. Um, Mm -hmm. She just, maybe she's stuck in the middle and she's just going um, forward in her journey. And I really liked how realistic that was, how like this close, close group of friends could still be so different. Yeah. And like in different stages and different parts of their lives. Yeah. With you and I, like, I feel like, I'm sometimes more, you know, secure in my career, but I am yep. not secure in my romantic <laughs> life at all. Yeah. Whereas me, I'm boring and have been in a relationship for six years, yeah, so I'm pretty established there. But like this adorable relationship. <laughs> but yeah, but like my career definitely has a lot of growth there. That and that's not you... saying we're perfect. Like I definitely, no. definitely have my moments where I question things career-wise. Yeah, I, I do think that's very interesting and once again it kind of it kind of reemphasizes to me that Jane is kind of our, our like main character because she's kind of in the middle of these two extremes absolutely absolutely you can subscribe to teen tv on itunes stitcher and soundcloud or your favorite podcast hub and can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at ttv podcast Check out our website, www.tantv.com, for related links and commentary. And be sure to watch The Bold Type with us, available on Freeform.com, Hulu, and Amazon. Join us next time when we pick apart Episode 3, The Woman Behind the Clothes, and discuss VR and if it's sexist. If you're not watching The Bold Type like you should be, still keep us on your subscription list for our episodes later in the year. We have a wide range of tastes and love hearing suggestions. So until next time, drink tea and happy binging.